friends. Welcome to the Modern Mamas podcast. We're here to provide a safe space for open dialogue, insights, and anecdotes about empowered pregnancy, labor, delivery, parenthood, and everything in between with zero judgment and open hearts and minds. I'm Jess, a level one CrossFit trainer and a licensed and certified athletic trainer. I have my master's in kinesiology and I'm currently studying to be a certified nutrition consultant and a birth fit coach. I'm the blogger behind Hold the Space Wellness as well as a mama to two small kiddos. And I'm Laura, a certified CrossFit trainer, certified nutrition consultant, birth fit Santa Cruz regional director, and mama to Evie Wilder. I'm also the owner of Radical Roots. Head over to MyRadicalRoots.com to find recipes, insights, and nutrition consulting. Please note that while we're here to provide advice and insights, we aren't medical practitioners and always recommend that you check with a trusted provider before implementing any changes. Thanks for joining us. We're so happy you're here. Hello, guys. Welcome to... Laura, what episode is this? 17? 17. Episode 17 of the Modern Moms podcast. (laughs) I know. It's so crazy. I think I say those exact same words every single time we get on here, but... Uh, We have a really amazing episode um, this week. We have a guest interview with Noelle Tarr of Coconuts and Kettlebells and Paleo Women's Podcast. But before we jump in and introduce her amazingness, we're going to do a little quick check-in. And as usual, Laura, you probably have a lot more interesting stuff going on, so I'm going to let you go first. (laughs) I feel like it's always the same. (laughs) No, you have something exciting this weekend. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm, uh, I'll start with the basics. Nurse all day, but she's still sleeping at night. Um, we had some phenomenal, like 10, 10 and a half hour stretches, which was incredible, like 8 to 6.30. Um, but now I think she's growing because she's gone back to like a 2 o'clock, um, a 2 a.m. feed, which is fine. I mean, she's she's wakes up and she's ravenous, like sucking on my face if I don't get her to the boob quick <laughs> enough. <laughs> so get her on there and she eats and then goes back down. So that's been good. Still no bottle. Uh, we just bought a new one called like a Mimi Jumi. Mimi Jumi. Yeah. Yeah. And rest track yesterday. She didn't break down. There was no meltdown, but she also did not eat. So I'm going to try today. Maybe that'll work. Um, it really, the nipple looks and feels like a boob. It's kind of cool. That's so cool. there's that. So, and that's and, the one that has like a, a hundred percent money back guarantee or something. Yeah. And okay. she doesn't take it, get my money back. So cool. we're going to try that. This is like week five, I think of trying, but at the same time, I've got flexibility. We've talked about this. I'm kind of at peace if she doesn't take the bottle. That's just what it is. And that's, yeah. that's fine. It's really like bonding for Rusty is what I'm hoping for the most. And then being able to maybe go away for a day if I need to, to teach or whatever. So that's that. But, um, yeah, she's, she's great. Evie's doing awesome. And, um, this weekend we're going on our first trip. We're going to Dallas. So that's about a four hour flight. I'm um, teaching at the birth fit professional seminar. I'm really excited about that. It works out well because I'm only teaching. My only speaking part is the last like hour and a half of the last day. So nice. Rusty's coming along and uh, I'll obviously be nursing and, and hanging with little one a lot during the weekend. She over the past like week has just really wanted to be with me. So kind of, kind of dance that dance and see how it goes, but I'm excited. First flight, first everything. So we're going to report back on a travel episode and, and kind of dive into how we make these things work. But, um, I will, I will let you know once we're done. From so that's, that's, yeah. From experience, I would say the more you do it, the easier it is. Like if you, mm-hmm. you know, we were talking off, off air before with Noel about traveling and stuff. It's like, if you know you're, you want to travel and that's part of your lifestyle and you want to kind of expose your little ones to it. I mean, just like anything, the more you start do it now, yeah, start them now. And they'll, they'll it's funny because I have all this anxiety, but every time we've taken her anywhere, like when we went camping, she totally surprised me and did yeah. awesome. And like we went, we did another road trip to San Luis Obispo and she's done great every time. I don't know why I don't have higher expectations. <laughs> I don't know why I'm anxious about it, but I think babies that's are unpredictable. That, yeah. <laughs> So we'll see. I'm just glad Rusty's coming along. So it'll, it'll be awesome. I'm excited to see those, all those other women that I work with with birth fit. They're phenomenal and super supportive. And I've already let them know about my anxieties and they're like, Hey, you take Evie's first priority and we'll make it work. So I'm excited about that. So yeah, I'll report back next week on how that goes. So what about you? What's new? Um, I can't remember. Nothing cool ever happens in my 
my life, except did I talk about the birth fit seminar already? Doing yes, it in Denver? Time. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. that was my big thing. <laughs> womp womp. Um, did that and I actually just finished my application. So hopefully, fingers crossed, that gets approved. Um, and then all of my updates are always about TV that I'm currently watching. <laughs> I was telling Laura Noel um, earlier because we got on and I was like teary eyed and she's like, what's, what's going on? I'm like, um, I just spent the last hour watching The Voice blind auditions and crying. <laughs> Because that's what I like to do with my time. (laughs) I don't know why I do that. Like, it's something so emotional about, like, the families in the back and, like, when the people turn around. I don't even watch The Voice. I, like, legitimately have never seen an episode. But You just watch the auditions? I watch the YouTube auditions. So that's that's where I'm at right now, (laughs) emotionally. (laughs) Um, So that's that. Uh, And then... As far as TV goes, I feel like I've gotten a lot of comments on Instagram about my, like, our TV talk. People are like, oh, my God, thank you for recommending whatever, The Handmaid's Tale or whatever. Um, And so I'm finishing up This Is Us because I never got to So good. Oh, my gosh. That's another one. Like, I just like to to emotionally torture myself by watching sad (laughs) shows. Um, And then finished Girls, which you said you're watching Girls, right, Laura? We just started it okay. and it's, it, it took Rusty's like, I'll give it two episodes. Right. And then by the, by the end of the second one, he's like, all right. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like, it's very crude, very like in your face. Um, but I just, I laugh like the whole time because some of the lines are so just quirky and funny. So finish that. And then currently trying to decide if we're going to come to Santa Cruz or if I'm going to come to Santa Cruz and visit Laura and our friend Kim and do some quote-unquote work while I'm there um, or if we're going to take an anniversary trip so let me know so I'm asking for reader feedback should I go visit Laura in Santa Cruz or should I go to Oregon for vacation with my husband <laughs> what, what do you guys think um, I know my response but. <laughs> <laughs> either way it will be fun so that's that's kind of what's on my radar right now nothing super exciting so that's Always it exciting yeah. All right. Well, let's jump in. Let's talk about and get to chatting with our phenomenal guests. You want to introduce her? I do. So I just took your bio off of your website, which is amazing, by the way. Um, and then I yes. have some questions later. I have some questions at the end of this bio. So um, we have Noelle. <laughs> We're going to dive deep in this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, Noelle is with us today. She is a nutritional therapy practitioner certified by the Nutritional Therapy Association. She's also a National Strength and Conditioning Association certified personal trainer. Her kettlebell, kettlebell training comes from the Strong First program, which is amazing. I love that, that program. Um, she's passionate about helping people become strong from home. She's also the writer behind all the posts you'll find on her site. And she's the voice behind the incredibly entertaining and fast-growing health and fitness podcast, the Paleo Women Podcast. I love your podcast, by the way. She has a degree in public relations and marketing, and in her former life, she served as the marketing marketing director for various multi-location retail companies in the running industry. She's worked with establishments like Semper Fit in the United States Marine Corps, corporate health departments, various medical facilities to do on-site presentations and training. She's also acted as race creator and director. I paused for a second because second, I thought... You were, it was going to say you acted, and that is amazing. Um, are you an actor? No. Okay. <laughs> I, I acted as a race director and creator. I created and, like, produced races. That's amazing. Um, like 5K. Yes. <laughs> she's a triathlon. That's, that's, it would have been – it's still cool, okay? Yeah. Um, she's also a triathlon club starter and coach, and being in the business of running shoes, she's touched a – of feet in her lifetime which props to you girlfriend <laughs> is that a, is that something you're into or no <laughs> personal questions right up front uh not really it was just part of the job you know because you have to like when you if you've ever been to a professional running store or like a you know specific running store you go in and they actually measure your feet mm-hmm. and they're like take off your sock and then they want to like look at your foot and how it moves and stuff like that in order to be able to recommend shoes. And so that's basically what I did for like six years. So that's I love amazing. it. Yeah. I feel your pain. I, I'm an athletic <laughs> trainer by trade. And so yeah. I have taped cut toenails. So many. Oh my God. I have like 
yeah. like drilled holes in toenails to release blood blisters. I have done it all. So I feel like uh, <laughs> yeah. And some people are like, I don't want to take my socks off. And I'm like, dude, I've yeah. so many feet. I Noth- don't care. Nothing you've got going on can scare yeah. me. <laughs> I didn't get a pedicure. I'm like, that's not going to phase me. So yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. And so my questions, so a couple questions here, cause you had some interesting tidbits on your bio. Um, specifically my question is about your Beanie Baby collection. So how did that come about? Oh no. (laughs) I spent so much time on Beanie Babies when I was. (laughs) I love you. This is awesome. 10, uh, 11. Oh my gosh. Me and my best friend who's still my best friend to this day. We would like, when they were at McDonald's, we would call around to all the McDonald's. And it was like the one time my mom would get me a Happy Meal because we wanted to collect all of the Beanie Babies in the Happy Meals. But, um, yeah, I mean, we it was serious. It was a serious game. I don't know. Right when they started coming out, we were like, we love them. And then all of a sudden it became this thing where, like, for years we would call around to all the stores and find try to, like, find the rare Beanie Babies and Christmas gifts. And every birthdays were all about Beanie Babies. That's amazing. So do you know if you have, like, any rare additions? I think that was all a little fake. Um, I don't think they're worth anything but, like, $2 <laughs> now. I'm not – like, I mean, I have, like, ones that were supposed to be rare and stuff. But, nah, I mean, you look on eBay, they're, like, $10. Or, like, people will list them for, like, 900 and it, like, hasn't sold in, like, two years. You know? So it's just okay. like, come on. All right. So I, have I was telling – I was telling Jess before we got before, before you got on that I have two um, like untouched Spice Girls dolls still in their boxes. <laughs> it's gonna come around yeah. one day. <laughs> yeah, one day. And we've moved like five times at least, and those things come everywhere. And we've gotten rid of like we are minimalists. I've gotten rid of everything, but I refuse to get yeah, rid of those dolls. No, so. for some reason I can't. Like I mean, I've gotten I cut like the collection in half, and I'm like, but what if Stella wants to play with them? Oh. You know, like I keep playing, like telling myself that we're gonna do something with them, but. Y'all, beanie babies. And I made, like, little beds for them because I used to sew. And so I'd, like, make little, like, bunk beds and stuff. It was bad. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, doll, like dollhouses for beanie babies. I love it. I love you even yeah. more now. We didn't so. have iPads back then, y'all. Okay? <laughs> so, just like, Imagination. Just like, Imagine that. Oh, that's the best. Um, yeah. I love it. Okay. So moving on. Moving on to the, the real stuff. Laura, do you want to introduce our, our fun topics today? Yeah. So we are, I mean, mostly Jess and I selfishly just wanted to chat with Noelle, I think. Um, <laughs> and in the, in the meantime, we'll talk about life as a new mama. And um, it's kind of fun because Noelle and I, our little, our daughters are not that far apart in age. And so I feel like we have a lot we could connect on. And then um, I want to ask questions too about Strong From Home um, and your program and, and how that's worked well for, for you and during this motherhood transition. And then also just like how it could be effective for pretty much any transition or any phase of life. Um, and then we have some listener questions, so we'll kind of just dive right in. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, we like to do a fun icebreaker question. And so I know this, I think, wait, wasn't the beanie babies like such an icebreaker? No. We just dive right in. <laughs> um, uh, what is your favorite thing to dress Stella in? Oh gosh. Um, so many. <laughs> what I, what I like, what I really like is the onesies, the sleep and plays. Cause y'all so easy and she's so snuggly and cute in those, but I have an obsession with Burt's Bees Baby, and I don't know how it happened, but she, like, everything fits her perfectly. So they have these little jumpers and stuff. And if you've been looking at my Instagram, I'm obsessed with bows. So I've, like, gotten a ton of different bows, and they're all, like, modern and cute and, like, little ties and, you know, things. And so um, I love gray and, like, rose gold pink, and that's her room right now. And so all the styles from Burt's Bees are very that. And so... um, Pretty much anything by Burstbees, baby. Aww. I don't know. Why. I couldn't agree more. I just, I just splurged. That's probably why our count no. was so low this morning when I checked. Cause it's like, um, yeah, the, the little, like the sleeper onesies with the foot and they're yeah, so cute because they don't have to go super girly. Like they've got some really yeah. nice gender neutral and yeah. I love yeah. it. So I'm right there with you. And Stella yeah. means star. So anything that's a star, I'm like, not again. And we have to get this. <laughs> yeah. This is it's a star pattern. Like it's how for her. Not? There's a lot of baby yeah. star pattern stuff. So I bet yeah, that there is. <laughs> so we have a lot of it in the room. Yeah. I love it. Evie's spirit animal is a fox. And so we've gotten a lot of fox stuff. 
That's amazing. <laughs> it's fun. Awesome. Um, cool. All right, cool. Well, just like as a quick introduction, um, you could probably talk about this for a long time, but tell us just a little bit about how you got to where you are. Like you're kind of, I think a lot of, I mean, you have your podcast, a lot of our listeners, I'm sure follow you, but, um, it's kind of a brief, like, how did you get to where you are, where you are creating the strong from home program and running coconuts and kettlebells? Um, just like a brief intro, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I guess how I kind of started everything was personally, I had struggled, um, I think really it's hard when you, now that I have a baby, it's like anything that happened before that is like a little foggy. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, was I in college? I don't totally. <laughs> so, um, it was probably around, you know, high school is I had a, you know, those high school experiences where we, you date people and, um, you get rejected for the first time and all those things. And, um, I was starting to really, I mean, let's be honest from a young age, we're all introduced to the idea that we need to be thinner. We need to be pursuing a specific body type. And so that was just ingrained in me. Um, and so kind of by junior, senior year that had really taken a hold and I started doing things like dieting and getting into the gym. And so it became, you know, something that, I identified with and, and, um, I, I really, truly enjoyed, but as most things do in that arena and diet culture, it spiraled into, um, kind of an obsession. Like I never was happy with my body. I always was trying to be thinner and get thinner and trying, you know, really thought that my worth was wrapped up in how I looked and, um, people were going to accept me if I looked better. And so I really needed to have this kind of like superiority, um, over everybody else because I was so cool and extreme and had, you know, thin body and all the things. And so that really became my identity and going into college. Um, I was actually, um, a cheerleader, a collegiate cheerleader, which did not help. Um, but it was great. You know, I met great friends. It was awesome. But by year two, I was like, I got to get out of this. I can't, this is like, so I'm just drowning. Um, and I had really taken on extreme behaviors. And so, um, I eventually got into doing marathons and triathlons and really truly loved the sport. I loved the sport, but it was really just an excuse for me to continue to overexercise and work out a ton and feel like this false sense of control of my body and, you know, people's perception of me. And, um, and so, uh, eventually you know, as most things go, I pushed myself way too hard because I wasn't listening to my body. And my motivation was to, you know, keep my body a specific looking a specific way. And I got severely injured and that kind of started an entire, you know, shift. Um, and I eventually had to just start thinking differently about fitness and differently about food. I did find a CrossFit gym and paleo was kind of reintroduced to a different world. And that kind of shook me up because I was a vegetarian before and was doing the endurance stuff. And so it was, um, kind of interesting to think like, Oh, I could be wrong about things. And so that kind of like started a whole different process for me of thinking about things differently. And, um, and you know, personally, while I was struggling in college, like you can see so many other women are struggling with the same thing. You like, I can pick it up right now. Like now I'm like, mm, no, you have disordered eating tendencies and you're over-exercising or like if somebody's even like, I love running and I'm like, but do you, um, nope. you know, it's, just something, <laughs> it's something that you can, you can pick up on when you've struggled with it personally. And I could see it in so many women. And so it was like, once I kind of, and it took years, but once I kind of recovered and got out of that and really worked on my mindset and, and seeing my body differently and seeing health differently and like, just, you know, changing everything. Um, I was like, I got to help other people. Cause I know probably at least half of women out there are, who are into fitness are, do, you know, doing it for the wrong reasons or are in this cycle of just like, how am I ever going to get out of this? Um, how am I ever going to be happy? And so that's when I started blogging and writing and I was still working at the running store. Um, but it was really interesting because as I started to like phase myself out of the running industry, I really didn't have, like, I was like, I don't, want to do this anymore. I mean, it was a great job and it was like my dream job when I got out of college, but I just didn't want to be marketing like a running store anymore. You know, it's just like this, I don't even enjoy this. Um, so I, uh, went back to nutritional, I went back to school, um, but I got my nutritional therapy certification, which was awesome with the NTA and had always wanted to become a personal trainer, had always wanted to just, you know, focus on fitness. And I really wanted to influence people in a different way and, and get people from the beginning, um, you know, so that they can start their journey with an entirely different mindset, as opposed to starting their journey with the wrong mindset, crashing and burning, and then having to start their life over, which a lot, a lot of people have to do. Um, 
And so I, I studied for a long time for the um, National Strength and Conditioning Association certification and took some courses there and um, started blogging and wrote a blog post and put my non six pack ab out there, wrote some, a blog post about why, you know, I didn't want six pack abs and, um, it's that, awesome. We'll link it, to it, but that I love that post is super, super awesome. Yeah. And it was, it was a really timely, I'm going to say, um, because there wasn't a lot of people talking about that stuff. Now it's really, you know, we're, we're kind of creating this whole new conversation and we're all a part of that, which is great. But, um, people weren't doing that. Nobody was like taking pictures of their themselves unless they really looked good. Um, you know, or looked <laughs> quote unquote good, you know, it was like, look at my mirror selfie. You know, it's just like, you know, kind of stuff like that where it was like rock solid abs. And it was like, yeah, I just, I ate a, you know, bagel today. And I just want you to see that it's normal to do that. It's like, it's just like what are you talking about? Like, no. Um, so, so, so everything was so contrived. <laughs> yes. And it still is. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's still a lot of it. But there's um, a little bit more body positivity posts, I think, as a response to that. But um, you were at kind of the forefront of that, which is awesome. Yeah, like in the beginning, you know, people were not saying, I'm like, I started the movement. I'm just, it was just like before a lot of people were doing it. So anyway, so it it really really caught fire and a lot of people shared it. And it was great. It was also really nerve wracking because I was like taking the one thing I didn't like about my body um, and actually like putting it on display um, and saying like, this deserves attention and it doesn't like, I don't need to not like this anymore. Like, why do I not like this? You know? Um, and so, uh, when that happened, that kind of like slung shot me into this industry and, um, been kind of doing as much as I can. Um, <laughs> the podcast is great cause I love to talk, but, um, you know, Stephanie and I connected really well. And so we were like, let's really start this as a movement and, um, start to kind of break down some of these lies that have, are so pervasive in diet and health, even in paleo, you know, even in, um, low carb, you know, high carb, what all, all of the carb, all of the diets, um, there's a really a pervasive undertone of like, you'll be happy if you do this and you'll finally achieve, you know, the, the body you, you deserve and you want. And it's kind of like all focused on looks and we've really equated health with losing weight. It's like, if you lose weight, then you're going to be healthy. And that's not necessarily the case because you can be healthy in a variety of weights. And also people who are at a lower weight and, and at a higher weight can be healthy. Um, so we've really just kind of this, these pervasive myths of like your value and your worth is really in, in your appearance. Um, it's really the underlying tone in a lot of things. And so, um, yeah, so we're changing that, hopefully. I love it. Like, I'm just sort of. not. Um, and so that, so, you know, I created... Sorry, my my uh, audio video is a little off. Um, Mine too, it's okay. Okay, um, I was just nodding along the entire time I was on mute, but like Laura and I have kind of shared a little bit of our story and how we got to where we are. And it's it's crazy how many women in this field have the exact same story of disordered eating, over-exercising. We were both runners and, you know, I weighed like 95 pounds at one point. And I remember like going home after my freshman year of college, had a serious, like I had a legitimate eating disorder and mm-hmm. people seeing me and being like, Oh my God, you look so great. And <sighs> this was after I had lost like 25 pounds and yeah. th- me thinking in my, my like crazy head, like, Oh my gosh, like I wasn't, I wasn't great before when I weighed a normal weight, yes. but now I look better. I should keep doing exactly. this because people like me like this. And so mm-hmm. it's just crazy. I'm just nodding along with, I don't want to like, go off on a tangent too much, but it's so, no, I mean, it's, it's crazy. And that's one of the things that really bothers me is that like, we, we tell people they look quote unquote good or great, like, Mm -hmm. because they lose weight. And it's Mm -hmm. like, well, why was I not great before? And why are we focusing on that? I don't know. So it's, and it oftentimes when you're telling people that you're reinforcing, Mm -hmm. um, disordered eating behaviors or disordered relationships with fitness. It's, mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. Anytime you tell a, a young woman that, um, and I, and it, it was like such a high for me. It was like, I'd go home, people would tell me I looked great. And then it would be like, okay, well the next time I come home, I have to, I have to, it has to be better. Like mm-hmm. I have to, cause obviously I'm going to be more great if I'm, if I'm, if I weigh less. And so, which was just so screwed up. It is. So. And then it's interesting because then on the flip side, like I got to the point, you know, very similar story, vegetarian, et cetera, uh, over training went from, from cross country to triathlons and that it, it, you look good, you look good, you look good. And then all of a sudden like, Oh, you're sick. Like you're too yeah. skinny. And so yeah. 
Right. You know, and then it's all of a sudden like I'm, I'm like vain or, you know, whatever it is, because now you're, you're too thin and people start to worry. And it's like, well, how did I get to this point from compliments? And all of a sudden everything's flips. And so that is also frustrating where women are push, 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 push to look a certain way. And then there's such a fine line. And all of a sudden like, Oh, you care too much about the way you look. Now you're too thin. Um, and it's, you know, it's not necessarily fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's just take a step back too, because I mean, there's no, like, there's no limit to the way that women should look. Right. So it's just like before it was like be thin, but now it's like, well, but don't be too thin because strong is the new skinny. So make sure you're toned, <laughs> like make sure that you have muscles showing like that's, that's the way you should look. And also yeah. like your butt should look like an upside down heart and that's cool. And like plump. And if it doesn't it's cool, you can do squats. You know, I'm like, but, and also stretch marks, like don't get stretch marks and cellulite, eh, like that's really gross. So like, you know, there's like this like very thin place that like we have to exist mm-hmm. in to be accepted and like, or we perceive that. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, well, to me at the root of it is, is, is really product, the fitness industry uh, by and large and the dieting industry, which is, you know, if they have a product that can solve a problem for you, like if they can get you, if they can convince you to believe that cellulite is wrong which it's totally normal, like 99% of women have it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they can get to, if you get you to feel shame about it, um, guess what? You're going to buy their product because like shame is an incredibly powerful motivator. Oh. And if, if we feel shame, then we're, and it, we think we're like something's wrong with us, then we're going to just buy the hell out of whatever's being sold. So, um, so we, it, you know, that's kind of the underlying tone of everything that you see, every product, every um, diet, every fitness plan, you know, 30 days to a slimmer waistline. Um, you know, guess what? You're finally going to be happy. It's just like, if you feel shame about that, like if they can convince you that you, something's wrong with you, you're going to buy it. Um, totally. So yeah, totally. We could have a whole episode on just this alone. (laughs) I feel like I love it. I have Um, a whole podcast. (laughs) Well, we will link that in the show notes for sure. sure. Um, I love it. I can talk about, I get fired up. I think all three of us have been in a place where this has so strongly impacted our lives that if we can reach one other woman, um, to help her to potentially not go through that or to realize that she is fine the way she is and not just fine. She, you know what I mean? Like all the verbiage is so hard. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. It's like, but you're, you're more, you're enough. And I'm like, but no, you're more than enough. Like, it's not, you're not just enough. Like it's, it's all good. I mean, there is no, let's just say there's really no wrong way to have a body. And the world at large is running off of the idea that something's wrong with you. Um, so, you know, who you are, no one, you know, it's like, there's always something you could fix because if there wasn't, then you wouldn't buy this thing or that thing. So they have nothing to gain from us enjoying it, like approaching health from a place of self love Mm -hmm. and understanding that you can be healthy at a variety of weights and that your appearance doesn't equate at all to your worth or your value or even your capabilities. Um, Right. Yeah. Or your health, like any of that. Yeah. Or health. Yeah. Right on. My gosh. Well, let's jump in since we're talking kind of segueing a little bit. So, um, well, so your strong from home program, we kind of know about that a lot cause we are aware of who you are and what you do. And I've actually, um, downloaded your like ebook in the past and stuff when I was at a place cool. where, yeah, where I needed to do stuff at home because yeah. You know, that's just because kids, because yeah. kids, two kids. Um, <laughs> so for somebody who doesn't know anything about the strong from home program, kind of give us a little bit of insight into what it is and who's it for and maybe how it's fitting into your yeah. life currently or just all about it. We want to hear it. Oh, this is going to be great. <laughs> um, so yeah, I have a 12 week old, by yeah. the way, like she's almost three months. Um, so Laura and I are definitely in the same place, but I also am writing a book I actually just turned in a manuscript with a big publisher. And so like my mind has been, um, I can't find it. I don't know where it went. So I haven't <laughs> done, I haven't done anything in terms of fitness actually, which is really not, um, the, where I want to be, but strong from home, but I will be doing something like strong from home, but, um, strong from home is a program I created mostly just because I was finding that, that most people like all three of us are super busy. And, um, a lot of women that I was working with were struggling with, I don't have time to commute to the gym and then do a workout at the gym and commute back. And so I really wanted to create an opportunity for people to be able to work out from home and not feel so stressed out about like, I need to do X, Y, and Z. Like, Growing up, it was all, 
you know, you need to do 30 minutes of weights and then 30 minutes of high intensity training or cardio and then do 15 minutes of abs. And it was like, unless you could work out for 30 minutes or, you know, an hour, an hour and a half, whatever phase of life I was in, it was like, it didn't count. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's just the biggest lie in the world. And so like a lot of the workouts that I have are high quality. So focus on quality, not quantity. Um, they all can be done with just a couple tools, like a kettlebell and a a set of dumbbells. And so I introduce people on how to actually purchase those and then how to like implement workouts in your life. Like how to know when to take rest days, how to know when to up your weights, how to know what mindset you should have. Um, around everything, around fitness, around your body and how to pursue changes to your body. Cause pursuing changes is, is a great thing. Um, and depending on your goals, you know, do you want to work on speed or do you want to work on strength or you just want general fitness? And so I have a couple, uh, plans in there and, um, a large variety of workouts. And I also created like a video library, which I think is the one thing that kind of set me apart. Like I did a lot of research on what other programs were offering, Um, also I had an email, I have this email list. This is an inside scoop for you guys. Um, I have, uh, and so when people download that home workout guide, um, it sends you on a track for a series of emails. And one of those emails is like, what are you struggling with? And so that email, I got tons of replies to that email and that really helped me shape and form and create what strong from home is. So I just took what everybody was struggling with, which was mostly motivation, time, Um, and, and, you know, I don't know how to do things. I I don't feel comfortable doing things, but I don't have the money to work with a personal trainer every day. Um, and so I took all that and created a program from that. So that was kind of, you know, how, why it was successful and why it's doing well. Um, although I haven't really talked about it in like the last eight (laughs) months or whatever, you know, it's just like, I launched it and then I was like, I'm having a baby. So it just... (laughs) Totally, I haven't talked about it at all, but yeah, yeah. So I, so I recorded a bunch of videos of demonstra- um, demonstrations of each exercise that you'll find. And also like, this is how you do it wrong. This is how you do it right, which I think people appreciate. So that's, I haven't done it at all. Um, my husband has been, which is great, but oh, I haven't cool. done, I haven't done it at all. Um, and I am really hoping to, I first actually want to just do very core and pelvic floor specific work probably for like a good couple of months before I start actually lifting any weights because I have a really bad back and it's already starting to act up on me and, um, doing so much like baby wearing. Um, (laughs) and I'm going to the chiropractor here in like two hours because I'm just like, Oh, my SI joints, you know, your ligaments are all loose. And so I think that a lot of women will really appreciate the fact that you aren't rushing back to any program. Mm -hmm. You're actually listening like as a health and fitness figure in this community, you know, the expectation might be like, Hey, you've got to get back into it right, right yeah. away. But Hey, you're listening to your body and you're taking care of your baby. And, and I think that a lot of women can really respect and, and learn from that. And it, I know I admire it. I think it's really awesome that priorities just seem to be all in the right place and it will come in yeah. time and you have a source, a place to go and mm-hmm. a resource to use when you are ready to, to get back in. You know, like you said, once you've worked on the core and the pelvic floor and whatnot. So that's rad. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I don't know. I I think that, um, it's interesting that, you know, a lot of people are always like, Oh, jump right back into it. But I've always had this idea that you really have your whole life to jump back into it. Like, I don't, what do I need to do in these? Like, what, what would I have done in the last 12 weeks that would have made my life any better or different? You know, like just Mm -hmm. nothing. Like maybe I should have been doing pelvic floor work before, but I've always been like, if I'm not in the mindset, the right mindset to do something, I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I've really gotten through the book writing stuff, but yeah, I mean, 12 weeks are, you know, even when I tell people you can take a couple months off, like if you're injured or you're not feeling it or your motivation's low, or you're going through a stressful time or you're moving, like take a couple months off, like a couple months off in the grand scheme of things is like actually going to do you really good. Cause when you get back into it, you'll have a fresh start. Your body will have like amply recovered. You won't be like under this chronic low grade, you know, stress, um, which is maybe going to cause an injury or something like that. And so just like, dude, it's a couple months, like you're going to live how long years and years and like you 40, 50, 60, hopefully years ahead of you. Like, you know, so, um, that's kind of how I see things. Yeah. And it's funny when you say that I took after my first one, I took two years off, (laughs) not because I really wanted to, I, I was, I had like some adrenal issues and some like stuff that I didn't really know. So I would try and work out 
And you know, after working out, you should feel energized. You shouldn't feel after working out that like you're zapped and it's just like this thing that's like sucking the life out of you. So that was happening to me. And, um, I had to really like, as a person who did CrossFit like five times a week and a former like marathoner and, you know, over exerciser, it was really hard, but it was a good, it was actually a really good period of my life to kind of step back and reevaluate. Like, why do I feel like I have to go to the gym every day? Mm -hmm. Um, why can I not give myself the grace to recover and restore and work on some other things that need to be worked on? So, um, and it's true. Like now I'm getting back into it. It's four years after I've had my first kid, but it's never too late to get back no. in and start from now I know I need to start with my, my diastasis. Like I need to recover that. I need to work on some pelvic floor stuff that I've totally neglected for years. Mm-hmm. And so doing it the right way, you get the opportunity to start over again and lay a, a strong foundation, which I think is just amazing. So Yeah. It's really interesting how like moments like that, like, you know, injuries, but like, and then also you, you know, having a baby, having these kids is like, I don't know, it really gives you an opportunity to reflect. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of the beauty in the struggle, you know, it's like when you're going through these phases, even as terrible as it is to struggle with, you know, a severe back issue or whatever, you're able to like reflect, you know, um, and, and pursue life with like a completely different mindset, which can be life changing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Laura, do you have any more questions about the strong from home? I mean, you pretty much nailed it in a nutshell. It sounds like. Yeah. I'm excited to dive in myself a little bit more. And, and, um, I don't know, I I live a four minute walk from the gym and my postpartum, um, recovery has been, if I've been fortunate, it's been good. And so it's been pretty, um, smooth. Um, and I started entirely with like the breath work and functional progressions and working on my pelvic floor and whatnot. Um, but it's always, I, now I realize like even getting to the gym when it's across the street, it's not easy. (laughs) It's gotta be like this perfect alignment, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And so, um, doing stuff, I have a time on a second story condo. I've been doing stuff on my patio. That's Mm -hmm. like very tiny, (laughs) but it works. And it's amazing how just doing something at home with a set of dumbbells and a kettlebell can be so incredibly impactful. And you don't have to, like you said, you don't have to go spend an hour in the gym. Um, you can, I've gotten like sweaty and even like scaling back because I'm postpartum, I've still gotten sweaty and felt like so energized from just doing something for literally 10 minutes on my patio. So it's amazing how effective that can be. And I think everyone should check this out, whether you have a gym or not, because sometimes you want, you want to get something in life gets busy. If to go bust something out in 10 minutes can really like change the, the tone of the day sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's, it's a, an act, it's an act of self-love. You know, you take, you take the, even just 10 minutes and do something for yourself, like a mini workout. Um, and it can just shift your entire energy because you've taken 10 minutes to do something for yourself in yeah. a day that maybe feels like you're doing everything for everyone else. That can be pretty powerful <laughs> for this tiny human. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, I have a question for you. Do you talk about yeah. in your strong from home? So like in my experience, the first week or two of actually just like showing up and getting there is the hardest because it's like you have all these reasons why like it's not going to work and there's a resistance and um I'm in that right now because I'll go through phases where I'm like on it like three and four times Mm -hmm. a week is great and then two weeks go by and like you just can't for some reason do you talk about that in the program like you mentioned like motivation being a huge thing or just like yeah you know do you do you address mindset in that regard with the program yeah, I do. Um, I, and so like in the instructional guide, like I originally kind of am like, let's have a completely different mindset. Like if you need to take a week off, that's totally fine. Like, you know, take the week off and then get back into it the next week. So changing people's perception of like exercise is not punishment. You know, it's not meant to undo or like fix your wrongs or, you know, ch- change your body so that it, you know, to make it right. Um, it's really about making you a healthy person and feeling energized and doing the, all those things and making you stronger and more capable. And, um, so you do what you need to do to make your body more capable. If, and, and if I think one of the big pieces that we miss so profoundly is that mindset is a huge part of it. And so like, if you're mentally not and emotionally like not healthy, um, or like in a bad place, like 
still pushing yourself to do the workout, even though you hate it or like, even though you're not feeling it is like, just not going to work. You know, it's not, it's not a good thing. So, um, I really, I think that as a whole focusing on physical, mental, and emotional health and what is going to serve me today, physically, mentally, and emotionally first and foremost is great. And so like, if you just want to go for a walkout, so I'm like, Hey, you know, shift back to doing a walk outside for your workout. If that's, if you want to still get something in, but you're like not feeling it and you're like, I can't do it. Um, you know that you can do that. Um, but I do have like an entire motivational guide where I talk about motivation and like, you know, Working with your tendencies and working with how you operate, like if you need uh, accountability, if you don't, if you like writing things down, if you know how always working with the ways that you operate as opposed to trying to like, you know, I hate the the like you should be working out first thing in the morning because that's when you're going to burn the most fat. And so then we have all these people like working out first thing in the morning that aren't morning people that hate it. It's like, no, work out in the evening if that's what works for you. Work out whenever you want to, you know, so it's just like stop following what everybody else says you should be doing and instead do what works for you and what fits into your life. And so that's kind of the gist of the motivational guy and also just like how you create habits. Um which sometimes seems a little bit like, here's how you create the step-by-step guide, which, uh, okay, like this is a framework, but really use it as a way to create habits in a way that that works for you. So, and I love that you also have, um, I love that you also have recovery in there and like when to rest, because I think there's a whole portion of the population who myself kind of included where I don't have a hard time taking rest days because like, I feel like I need to grind my body, but it's more like I get in a routine and I love that time, taking that time for myself to work out every day. And, but then it's like, okay, I should probably, um, not today. And so adding in like, Hey, here, or and some people do have the mindset they have to work out every day because they've got to whatever goal, you know, aesthetic or whatever Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. is. But the fact that you have incorporated in like, here's when you should rest and here's why and whatnot. I think that's going to be really powerful for a lot of people as well, because, um, you know, you can definitely under recover and that is a huge problem. Mm -hmm. Right. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, any last thoughts or questions from either of you or anything you want to share, Noel, about Strong From Home or should we jump into some listener questions? No, jump into some listener questions. This is my yeah. favorite part, honestly. Me too. I love it. Our listeners have <laughs> come up with some pretty rad questions, so let's do, do it. Um, um, I guess we've kind of already talked about this one, but in, if there's anything else you want to add, someone asked about your thoughts on postpartum reconditioning, so like getting back into it. And I feel like we've kind of touched on this, but is there anything else you want to add to that? No, um, I'm not an expert. I wish I was. <laughs> I, um, I'm going to become one. Uh, I can tell you that I just haven't had the mental capacity to. So I, um, I know that you guys are both fans of the birth fit and they have a great postpartum program. I have a woman that I'm a good friend with. Her name's Jessie Mundell and she does mm-hmm. awesome work. Um, and so I actually will be using one of her programs because it's, like, even as a trainer, you don't, like, you need to have your people to do stuff for you mm-hmm, when, like, train 100%. you, right? And so, um, actually, I, I work a lot better that way. I don't need to do things that I train for my, like, of course, I know how to work out, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I, need, I don't need to program for myself. So, um, I'm going to probably be doing uh, her program um, for postpartum stuff. And um, eventually, and I, there's, I know a lot, but I don't know enough, Um and I know a lot about core function, but they're like, it's a whole different world, uh, postpartum, um, and your like the shifts and changes that your body has gone through. So I'm excited to dive more into that and to maybe take some calls on that and indications for that. Um, but I think birth, that's great. And I think follow Jesse Mandel. She's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I've heard amazing stuff. I'm going to look into her. Too. Um, yeah. she, we're part of Liz Wolf's, um, Facebook parenting group and her name gets suggested all the time. And I've actually looked at her stuff. It's, it's pretty amazing as well, but, um, Mm -hmm. it's just constantly, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. Like things are always even changing now when we talk about core health, like, um, you know, for birth that they focus on like expansion of the, the core, like not sucking in and about how like consistently telling people to suck in or tighten up has really, um, actually led to some really dysfunction like when we talk about diaphragm and how it's related to the core health and you know all this stuff and we've been been telling women to suck in their whole lives and so then we it's just like 
it's kind of crazy, and this is a tangent, but how it can all really relate to, um, you know, the trouble that some women have with birthing, um, you know, mm. vaginally and how we wear heels and we suck in and we do all these things that can kind of inhibit just the natural, what should be somewhat natural to women when it comes to birthing yeah. and postpartum recovery and stuff. So my point is, is just constantly evolving. Like mm-hmm. we don't know everything. And I th- feel like you saying like, I, I'm not an expert. Like I want to take more courses or I want to learn more um, is amazing because yeah, we, we all need to really be lifelong learners, you know. Can I tell you some t- a terrible thing? Um, you're like, no, don't tell me. I was watching the Today Show because I watch NBC because my grandfather watched NBC and my dad watched NBC, so I was watching the Today Show. And one, I'm not going to say who it was, but one of the women was like, yeah, they're talking. They have some like guy that comes on that's like a personal trainer, and he talks about core fitness and all the things. And I'm like, oh, um, and. <laughs> He, and she was like, well, you know what I do? Somebody, my trainer told me, it was like, you know, five or 10 years ago, like the best core workout you're going to get is always holding your stomach in. So just always hold oh. your stomach in. And she, she was like, I just, I just like, I'm always holding my stomach in. And she's like, and I have great core function or I'm like, I have great core strength. And that's just what I do. And like the other one was like, huh? Okay. Maybe I should start doing that. Like really always holding my stomach in really. That, that's, that seems like 24 seven core work. And I'm like, Stop it. Stop it. Like banging my head against the wall because like intuitively, like, what are we talking about? Like, are you kidding? I don't know. Like holding your stomach in is obviously going to put the pressure elsewhere. And that's why so many women are struggling with prolapses and, Mm -hmm. you know, incontinence. And it's just like, why? Back pain, all of it. It's like all connected. That's called holding your stomach in. Like that's, yeah. Just like crunches. Yeah. Do crunches a day. It's like, that is not going to strengthen your core. That could potentially lead to some, we, we could do a whole podcast on yeah. that. We have, <laughs> but, but let yeah. me tell you, I mean, being in that world. So I being an athletic trainer and then being actually in like the physical therapy world, like that is even a year ago, I would have told someone to, to do that to when we were doing abdominal exercises, like tighten your, tighten your stomach, suck it in, like do, I mean, that is like legitimately and it's not like they're doing it to be harmful. Like that is just something that, that people have been taught even in a professional capacity mm-hmm. to, to teach people. So, you know, it just goes to show that you can do damage even unintentionally when you don't stay mm-hmm. abreast of like the latest information. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's overwhelming. Yeah, yes, it is. It's, it's really overwhelming. And, and, and like you said, the point you made, it's just important that our minds are always open to like there could be another way to do something right. yeah. <laughs> and in every aspect of, of fitness and health and wellness, it's like, here's what's working, but Hey, like I'm open to ideas and thoughts and, and, um, that's a, a, a t- tangent that, but I know <laughs> in, in my past I've coached someone like belly button is fine, belly button is fine. And now I think back, I'm like, I cringe. I literally cringe <laughs> to four years ago when I was saying yeah. stuff like that, but you learn and you, you progress and, um, that's all we can ask for, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Okay, cool. That's an awesome question. I love it. We could probably spend hours on it, but yes. we will go on to the next one. Um, so the next one, this is actually a really good one. We talk about expectations versus reality a lot when it comes to motherhood. Um, mm-hmm. So one listener wants to know, how does motherhood compare to what mm-hmm. you thought it would be like? Oh, man. I thought it was going to be easier. <laughs> I, Don't we all? Sorry. <laughs> I thought it was going to be easier. Yeah, she's amazing. And and even like last night, she woke up every hour. Um, it, we're having this thing where we put her down and she's like, boop. Uh, I don't get the, let's put her down drowsy, but awake. No clue how that's ever going to work. Cause I like put her down and she's like, Hey, like I, it's not going to work. So we really have to get her like super asleep, then put her down and she still wakes up sometimes. So we were going through this thing last night. Sometimes it's, you know, she sleeps great. Last night was not one of those nights and she was so happy. Um, and so I didn't oh. realize that it was going to be so hard yet, like so rewarding at the same time. Like I was like, she peed all over herself and I changed her, took her back, was trying to get her back. And then she like, she, I was trying to use my boob to get her to go to sleep. And, um, I think she drank too much and then she puked and went everywhere. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I took her to like change her. And she just looks up at me and like, is so happy at four in the morning in the dark. And I'm like, you are the most amazing thing in the world. You know? And so like, I'm here just like sleep deprived, like covered in spit up. And I'm like, 
you're amazing. <laughs> um, so I, I didn't think that it would be this. I really didn't think it was going to be this hard. She was pretty, pretty difficult in the beginning. Um, I didn't, I just, I thought it would be easy. Like, I really thought like, oh, well, babies nap during this time and babies sleep during this time and you can work when she naps. And it's just like, not that way at all. Y'all know. It's like, no, not at um, all. And especially when they're sleeping on you and you can't put them down. And so just like my whole day is revolved around preparing her to take a nap or helping her stay asleep when she's <laughs> napping. This is my day. So I didn't quite realize that it was going to be this hard. And I didn't realize that I was going to be like this in love with her at the same time. You know what I mean? Like oh, it's, yeah. it's just like this. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I probably was one of those naive people that was like, we're going to make it work. And I'm like, I don't know how we're going to do this. Um, <laughs> The fact that you're writing a book. I know. I'm like blown away. Terrible timing. My greatest achievement postpartum was watching every episode of Criminal Minds um, that Netflix has to offer, which is like 14 episodes. So that was my goal and I achieved it. And so you writing a book (laughs) is amazing. (laughs) There's days when I cannot open my laptop. Like I just, because I can't, I've not figured out how to breastfeed and work on my computer, which I'm going to have to figure out. That's, no, I can't. it doesn't work. It doesn't get easier. I'm telling you, once they get mobile, it's not gonna. <laughs> but they 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 seem to get more efficient to where it's like they feed and then they can go crawl off yeah. and play or run away. Yeah, as long whatever. as you got one eye or like make the dog yeah. watch them, then you're fine. <laughs> That's why you have dogs, babysitters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Um, I love that question because it's so funny. Because I was the same way. Like I had all these like thoughts about how, how it was going to be. And it just wasn't like that. And not necessarily in a bad way or a good way, but it's just, there's no way to, even when people tell you, you know, with all the best intentions, how it's going to be, there's really no way for you to understand. It's the same way with labor and delivery. It's like, people say, it's going to hurt. You're like, yeah, it's going to hurt. Not, not at all prepared. (laughs) Not was prepared, but like did not think that you can't have them. My grandmother did this. There's no way it's that bad. It was that bad. (laughs) But like, great. I would have not changed it for the world. But yeah, I mean, you think that you're going to like, I think that being in fitness gives us this false sense of like, we're going to handle it so great. Like, I don't know. I just was like, I'm going to be a superstar. And I was not a superstar. I was like, you know, especially postpartum too. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, it just, I like falling apart. But like, I, you know, you have this false sense of like, but I work out. So I'm going to, you know, and I, I got this. And yeah, this is, I've done endurance events before. Like, this is going to be no, not that much different. My little sister in the hospital, when she came to visit the first day, I was like, so is it, is it like really bad period cramps? And I just started laughing at her. Yeah. People describe it like that. I'm like, what are you smoking? Like, it is nothing like a bad period cramp, at least for me. It was anyone or anything, but it's just like, you can't understand. And it's just intense. Like it's it's really an intensity that no matter how much high intensity training you do in your life, you have not ever experienced before. And I think that's the best way to explain it. Like it's just really, 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 really intense. And it's awesome. Really, and really, it's- really, really. Yeah. You had some more, there. Really. <laughs> but like somebody, I actually said on the podcast that like, I wish somebody had, like, I wish I had prepared for the pushing part. Cause I got through the rest of it fine, but it was like pushing came and I was like, this was the dumbest idea ever. And I, um, Somebody emailed me and said, yeah, but maybe you shouldn't have. Like, maybe maybe if you knew how bad that was going to be, you you would have mentally not been able to be. Because I thought transition yeah. was going to be the hardest part, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and so they were like, maybe not, though. And I'm like, you know, probably that works. Because all it was was an intense, you know, hour and 45 minutes as opposed to me dreading that the entire time. Right. So I didn't know. And everyone's you know? different, right? Pushing was my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So. Oh, you know, and wait, you said, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, those of you listening, if you haven't already go listen to Noelle's, um, she's got a two part, uh, episodes on the, her podcast about her birth story and it's phenomenal. And you said Stella came out fist to face, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So did Evie. Oh, and really? it's like, yeah. And I, I think it was only my favorite part because I knew we were almost there, yeah. <laughs> you know, but that, that was something else. Like a lot of like almost oh. out, not almost not at out. all. Not like, just, where is she? <laughs> oh, I can sort where she's almost, we can almost see her hair. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I thought it would be out. Like, I and like, I pushed for 45. So like, I can imagine if it had been an hour and a half, it would not have been my favorite part. Was, I was like pushing and then stopping. I was like, ah, nah, nah, nah. like, you know, that 
So it was, it was me, but Noel, yeah. I, I, uh, I, my birth story just went live on our podcast. Um, yesterday yeah so and I've had two experiences and Bear was my first one my son and I pushed for three hours he was posterior so oh it was it was it was not my favorite part the whole experience was not my favorite part but pushing was a b-i-t-c-h did you talk about both first stories or do you yeah most of it was the first one because that was the most dramatic one the second one so I, it took me like two years to even like consider wanting to have another kid um, because of my experience. And then the second one was completely different. It was like pushing was amazing. Between pushing, I was like, ah, like this is great. <laughs> like everyone would t- talk about how their experience was like so amazing. And I'm thinking this is crack of whatever. Um, but I had that the second go around, which goes, goes to show anything can happen. Totally. Do it again, ladies. Yes. Yeah, I'm, that's what I'm yes. hoping. Like, oh, it's going to be so easy the second time around. And I'm going to have a really easy kid the second time around. Like, she's just going to sleep all the time and not cry. And, and I'm scared yeah. of the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> my doula is like, you got to keep it. Because I had the seven hours. Like, mm-hmm. I did my birth story episode five. But, um, and it was, it was hard to tell. But it was, it was, you know, it went well. Mm-hmm. And she's been relatively easy. And so my doula is like, you got to just keep having babies. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Every experience is very different. Uh, yeah. yeah. So who knows? Can I tell you, that was exactly my sister and I. My sister was like an angel and was like, Mom, can you put me to sleep? And like, <laughs> I came and like rocked the world. Uh, like my sister, uh, and I quote, Mom, I thought you said this was going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh How God. far apart are you guys? She was like four when I was born. So, okay. Yeah. So she was. She, she can like, remember, probably. <laughs> she, she remembers. She's like, hmm. There's this you crazy remember if you had been a piece of cake, right? Yeah, but yeah. because you weren't, you, you yeah. stand out. Yeah. There's like life before sister and life after. Life after. <laughs> before it was wonderful. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we have a couple more, but I think we've pretty much covered. Um, what do you think, Jess? I think at that, this point we've kind of hit everything. Yeah, we had a couple more, but they kind of all were in that same vein of questioning, like how you prepared for pregnancy, birth, and the four, and you know mm-hmm. the fourth trimester. Yeah. And this is one if you have time for it. I'm actually interested in hearing. Um, and you can give us the brief version because I know we don't have a lot of time left. But would you have done anything differently, <clears throat> whether that's <clears throat> excuse me, and whether that's in preparation? or during the labor and delivery process, or even postpartum. Mm -hmm. And I know you're only 12 weeks kind of on the other side of it, so it's kind of hard to really see, but um, do you have anything that you kind of were just like, maybe, gosh, I wish I would have done this, or I wish I wouldn't have done this? I don't know. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think that everything that happened, I definitely learned from. She was breached, and I had um, an external version done. It had a lot of complications with that, and I might not do that again um, because it may not have. Oh my gosh, I have that onesie, Laura. <laughs> I might. The best. Sorry, <laughs> it's Bertie's baby. I know. Yeah. Um, I um, I don't know. Like. I feel like there was, I struggle with anxiety a lot and I struggled with anxiety a lot after that whole version experience. And, um, it, it really, I mean, it was a blessing again, a blessing in disguise because it changed my mindset around everything. So like if I had a C-section or, you know, whatever happened in the birth experience, I knew that I was going to, it was still going to be the best day of my life. And so like I had, we had everything taken away from us and then given back to us. So it was kind of like, we just appreciated everything. And so, you know, it, while it was really traumatic, I, I, I'm very excited that, you know, the things went the way they did. Um, I would probably say, I wish I would have, I wish I would have jumped on. I mean, I wish I wouldn't have been writing a book postpartum. (laughs) Um, and I wish I would have been able to focus more on pelvic floor stuff. So I do have some back issues and I went for a walk with my daughter and like came back in the house and strapped her on and did something majorly to my SI joint. And now I'm like, I couldn't walk for like a day or two. So it's just like, you know, one of those things that like, yeah, your body is like still, I'm 12 weeks out, 12 weeks out. And my body is still majorly, um, like shifting back and recovering and my ligaments are still loose. And I just, I wish that I would have been able to really be in a better headspace to, um, kind of start tackling that stuff in the beginning. I also wish that I had more support. Um, to be honest, I wish I would have kind of like, I don't know, worked that out a little bit more. So we don't know that many people in the city. We recently moved here and, um, 
I didn't quite understand how hard it was going to be postpartum. I really didn't. I thought that it was going to be a lot. Again, I thought it was going to be a lot easier, but I really didn't realize how much we, I would struggle with anxiety and, and the baby blues and stuff like that. And, um, my husband went away and it just, we didn't prepare as much to have a tough experience. We prepared for it to be, Oh, we're rock star parents and we can take this. Yeah. And we didn't quite realize what a traumatic you know, kick in the pants it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now, now I'm kind of experiencing what I thought it would be like, which is like, oh, I can record a podcast and she's going to be happy sitting with her dad. Um, whereas before it was like, she's got to be dead asleep for me to do anything. And that doesn't happen that often. Um, so, so I don't know. I, th- I think I wish I would have done a little bit more to make sure that I had support in that very right. crucial first eight weeks. When totally. It was really tough. That was yeah. my first experience too. Um, like, you, you and I very similar that initial postpartum period and seeing Laura, she had such a great foundation in place. Like we talk about this in the podcast all the time. She had meal trained for like weeks. I mean, she didn't have to worry about feeding herself, like really nourishing foods and like, yeah. you know, very intuitive, um, as far as right. like parenting and her like whole postpartum recovery with the core stuff. Like I look at her and I'm so happy that she had that experience. And I, like, I just, preach that across the board, like ask for more support than you think you're going to need. Like have, yeah. I mean, just plan for the worst, meaning like Mm -hmm. plan for the fact that you may not be able to do anything. Um, and then if you get a really easy, you know, postpartum experience or baby or whatever, then it's just that much, that much more easy if you have all those things in place. So read a book on breastfeeding too. That would probably be helpful. Yes. We (laughs) was like, all night, te- like Google searching, like, okay, what do I do about this? And what's block feeding? And what do I do with the bad latch? I mean, I wish I would have had a better foundation because I was like a really rough three weeks. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, we're going to do a whole episode on breastfeeding because I yeah. feel like a lot of people, like, a lot of moms just don't realize, like, let's plan for birth, plan for birth, yeah. plan for birth. Yeah. And it's like, oh, then you have to, Feed while me. you're sleep deprived, figure out how to feed your child and it doesn't always come naturally it's like people think it's this natural beautiful thing and for a lot of people it is for us it was not both times we had lip and tongue tie revisions and I know Laura's had to do some different things to make it go smoothly but yeah I've got to use a shield because of my nipples (laughs) but once you get there once you weaning off figure it out it is a beautiful thing it's the best yeah right it's It's amazing and so that's what we all were fighting for but it's I wish I would have had a better because you're going you're being you're thrown into this you know dealing with anxiety dealing with all the things that happen when you have a new baby and then you're like is she eating you know like how am I feeding her and why does this why is this so painful I wish I would have like yeah I I would have loved to have had a podcast that I could listen to that was like here are the basics. Here's what letdown means. Like, I mean, like basic stuff that you're like, what is define that, please? Um, so it's just like, here's what this stuff means. And then here's what it means to like have, here's some potential issues. Like if you're really struggling with this, go to a lactation consultant, get her checked for a tongue tie, make sure it's not posterior. Cause those are hard to find. Don't go to your pediatrician. Cause mm-hmm. he doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, and if you get yeah. a lump and some pain, it's going to turn into mastitis. Yeah. Massage the hell out of it because. Oh, that was the worst ever. Yeah. yeah. So true. So good. Awesome. Thank you so much. You have dropped, I'm sure, a million knowledge bombs. People are probably going to be nodding along the entire time um, just based off our reactions, I know. Um, so thank you for being here. Thank you for taking time out of your day. Tell us how um, we can find you, how we can connect with you. Uh, what's the best way? Yeah. Coconutsandkettlebells.com is pretty much where everything exists. So that's me on Insta and Facebook and um, the Paleo Women Podcast. Although we're changing the name to, when does this, when does this come out? Um, I can for a few weeks. Now. Yeah. It, it, so not a few weeks. We're just changing it to the well-fed women. Well, okay. well-fed women. Oh, no, the, that's amazing. Um, yeah. October so, 4th. Okay, great. So we'll make sure it's done by then. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm rebranding and doing all the redesign and all the things. So um, and relaunching it with the new name. So yeah, because we're just awesome. not we're not paleo folks. Yeah, you're growing out of it. That's totally. Yeah. I mean, happens. Yeah. yeah. So just well-fed women. So that'll be. And I'm sure if you search paleo women podcast, it'll still come up. But just yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Amazing. And then a few things from us. Laura, do you want to talk about the Modern Mamas tribe? And then we'll say our goodbyes. 
Yeah. So sorry, that was my dog. So we have <laughs> a, a new Facebook group, the Modern Mamas Tribe. Um, you can just search Modern Mamas Tribe on Facebook and um, request to join. We do kind of screen each person just to make sure you are real so that it's also um, a safe space where you can share. And that's a 100% judgment-free zone for you to ask questions, share stories, share experiences, just, um, you know, have a place to build that tribe. So yeah. that's that. And I, yeah, it's really amazing. We already yeah. had a, a lot of, of uh, communication on, on that, that space. So it's amazing. Um, as always, make sure you um, subscribe on iTunes, rate us and write a review if you like what you're seeing. You can find me at jess.holdthespace on Instagram and www.holdthespacewellness.com on the interwebs. And Laura at laura.radicalroots. And your website is myradicalroots.com? Or radical yes, ma'am. Okay, myradicalroots.com. I always get that um, backwards. So find us there. Connect with us. We always take the time to try and respond. Um, you can email us with questions or ideas for interviews at modernmamaspodcast at gmail.com. And we are very active on um, any of those um, social media handles. So thanks, Noelle, for coming on and sharing your wisdom. Yeah. Okay, you have a great thanks day. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Talk soon. Bye. Bye.